All right, everybody, talk about it. Outdoors Campfire Series brought to you by Buck Fever Seed Company, a partner of ours. Old Jeff's laying down the seed and putting great things out. Check him out at buckfeverseedcompany.com over on Instagram and Facebook for all your food plot needs. Nick, it's been a little while since we've done a campfire series. It has been. I think we've been too doggone busy doing everything else. We have been very a busy. A lot of big names coming by the old Wilson studio to visit us from time to time. And it's been a lot of fun over the last few months since we've had an opportunity to do that. And I sure am thankful to be back with you again tonight. I couldn't be more happy at this time of year. Oh, it's deer season. How's your season went so far? It's been good. We, um, we haven't hunted much um, just because of the weather and been busy but we got out last weekend before last you and i did and almost got one almost i don't know if we would have had him on film but we almost got him you know first time ever that you and i've deer hunted together yeah, first time um and then i went to south georgia this weekend i didn't take anything but i was fortunate enough to uh be with ryan and put a new video out on video out on youtube and um Working on that, man. That's been fun now that I got that new editing software. So Fine job on that video, by (laughs) the way. I'm telling you. And for the guy that when we started this podcast, it literally sat where you're sitting right now and told me there ain't no way I'm going to be doing no film and I'll do the podcast. That's going to be the end of it. it. And you have spent a war pension on doggone camera equipment. I've eaten every bit of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of crow to eat, wasn't it? Yeah, I still got leather in my my mouth I'm tasting, but... (laughs) Well, have you have you noticed it being a different dynamic for you as as being fun, or has it been a challenge? Um, both. It's fun. Um, I enjoy getting out there doing it. It's a little bit of work, but once you once you get the routine down, it's like anything. It just comes secondhand. Um, but I think I really enjoy. It. I think I actually enjoy coming home and doing the editing more than I do the video because it's hard to figure out. And I think it just takes time to to have an eye for it to see what you need to put for as far as B roll. It's easy just to say, you know what, I can turn the camera on and video that deer, but try to get that B roll to B roll to put in the front part of it. That's the tough part for me, and I'm trying to learn. I think you you notice things different with a camera. You do. I've started, whereas me and Cody went the other day after a buck I've been chasing, and of course he didn't come in, but we were in a tight area and we didn't want to move. I told him we're not going to be able to get a lot of B roll, so. But they was doggone squirrels climbing up the feeder legs. They was on a fence wire running. And he's like, man, I'd love to be able to film that, but I don't want to be moving. And mm-hmm. we're in a precarious situation right there trying to hunt that deer as close to his bedding area as we are. He's beating me like a drum. And uh, it's, I tell you, it's it's been fun, though. It's been fun to get back in the woods and chase something. I hadn't got fired up about a deer like that in a while, early season, because I'm generally finding most of my deer early first two weeks, and then they don't winter on me, so they're moving on. I find them late season, and I get to chase them into December and January, and that's fun. I'm getting to, I'm getting to pound one out and trying to get after him in in October, and that for me that's a that's a different challenge it's, in itself. It's tough videoing out of a ladder stand. I I found that out over the past weekend. That was my first time in a ladder stand. It's just been a lock on and a climber, and that ladder stand you the back of it's so high uh, um, with a little bit better ladder stand. You got a back to it, so your your camera arm is basically. A, shoulder level and it's it's very hard when the deer don't cooperate and come in right in front of you and i think that's the challenge that we'll find ourselves going through in developing our own different tactics for filming you're so much more comfortable talking on camera i mean you'll throw it out there when you and red was talking or ryan was talking or any kind of the driving into a place you find those little times to film that you never would before but i think what's cool about it i don't care if it gets five views or five thousand 
we talked about it last night. The opportunity to go back 10 years from now and be able to watch those videos, that's going to be the neat thing for me. What do you think of weekend production? I love weekend like production. Like I, like the, I like the, uh, the way you put it in that video. Out of all of them that you've done, what was it? Weekend production, a division in of. In association with. In association yeah. with. I like I, that. Yeah, me and Kelsey, we kind of brainstormed that up and thought that that would be a good idea when I was sitting there editing it. But I don't know. It just kind of gives you, you know, it's a weekend. That's People kind of let loose and. That's kind, of, that's kind of what the video series is hopefully going to continue to be about. Oh, it will, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I, I put it in there, and everyone that, that I've tried to do, I've, I'm still working on the old gator hunt, trying to get it edited out, get lazy on that stuff. But anyway, as we've went through bow season, we've got into gun season now, the gentleman that's joined us tonight is is an old friend of a friend, uh, so to speak, and a son of a longtime uh, friend of yours. He's coming into something i guess it's going to be a benefit to a lot of people in the area and i hope he sticks with it and we've invited him here tonight to to sit down and have a little chat with us and you know you kind of set this thing up so i'm gonna let you spin it in and and introduce him well like you said i I knew his dad for a long time and we worked together when i was in high school at canton supply which is no longer no longer in business um and then i was out searching last year after deer season I, i decided i had an older bow that i was looking for a new one and I went down. I went and shot a lot of different bows, and I decided to go down and and uh, ran into uh, David, and he talked to me, and his son was there, and he said, "Hey, if you come back, just let my son help you," and um, so I did. And he's trying to he's trying to go out on his own and do his own thing. But for everybody out there, welcome to the show, Mr. Bryce Waters. How y'all doing? Good. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I guess I'm pretty good. I'm yeah. sitting here with y'all. Hey, there you go. I like it. So, Bryce, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Uh, grew up in Canton, but went to school in Woodstock. Oh, you went to Woodstock? Uh, I went to River Ridge. So okay. I, I didn't know that. Just kind of, instead of five minutes down the road, I went 30 minutes up. How, how old are you? 18. 18. And, they, and you've already started working. You had a work program in high school, correct? Yep. Yeah. What, what started um, you wanting to work on bows? I got into, I guess, classes, you would call it. And then I found 3D archery. And it hooked from there. And then I was like, well, you know, instead of paying for somebody, let me just do it myself. So me and my dad bought everything, and I've been working on bows ever since. How many years has that been, you think, Bryce? Uh, Five or six. Yeah. How many uh, tournaments have you shot in since then, you guess? I wouldn't even know a rough estimate. Really? Is that what really sparks your your passion is tournament archery? Well, we started out classes because I was getting into bow hunting. Okay. So, and then it just went from there. Okay. Everything, just a big snowball effect, effect, and now I'm in it. Okay. Have you got all that equipment set up now at your house and everything? Yeah, I got everything. So for so for a couple years, you was helping out at a local bow shop here to us. And you would take in bows. And what was kind of the first things that you kind of started doing? Like, what was the first, like, did you string one? Did you tie a peep side? What was the first things you done? So, I guess my first day there, there was, we had, like, bows that we practiced on. And the other bow tech there gave it to me and said, here, fix it. I thought, okay. What was wrong with it? Uh, It was out of timing, out of spec. It needed new strings. It was the worst bow I've ever seen. 
<laughs> just to put that. Yeah. But I did it. So you was able to put all new strings on it, tie new yep. peep in. Yeah. Yeah. And you found that was something you wanted to make a make a leap in a I guess a leap of faith in itself and spending the time in learning how to do it. How did you break the the thought process? For me, it was always I don't want to work on someone else's bow because I don't want them to be in the field and something happen. How do you break that thought process or what what goes through your mind when you're working on someone else's bow? It's just the confidence level. Right. I mean, I started out working on my bows. Okay. And I always said until I can do mine perfect, I'm not doing anybody else's. Good philosophy. So when I got to do mine, I wouldn't say perfect, but where it was there, I started slowly but surely working on everybody else's bows. Okay. Uh, started out with just some family friends, you know, and then it went from there. If you have a question while you're working on a bow, if you have if something comes up on a bow you've never seen or older bow, new bow, do you ask your dad first or do you have somebody that you go to to try to help out or do you figure it out on your own? I call the factory. Oh, do you? Yeah, I that's go a, straight to the factory. That's the best place. Yep. Yeah. I, that, that wasn't the answer I was expecting, <laughs> no, but that's a good one. That that's is a, a good fine one. one. Yeah. And are they pretty – have you found bow companies pretty easy to work with? Um. Yeah. Some more than others, I would assume. Yeah. Some of them are, especially the bigger name brands, are a lot busier. So a lot of times it's hard to get a hold of them or – it takes longer to get parts. And then others, like the smaller brands, are just bam, bam, bam. There's your stuff. But it it varies. I guess that's something that's it'll come with time as you work with more and more individual bow companies. You develop a relationship with them. You'll find those people that work for them. Oh, Charlie at, at Matthews or whatever it is. And you say, hey, Charlie, sure. it's Bryce over here. I got a question for you on this. And I think that's something that will build over time with those Once I know you're serious about it, and that's anybody. But once you once you decided that you're going to leave that bow shop, you're going to get a different job, but you want to do this as a side job because you want to build clientele up, what, what really made you want to sit back and do that to be out on your own? Um... That's probably a tricky question, but it's just what I do, honestly. It, I love it. Yeah. And that's I was like, well, I started out wanting to be a taxidermist, but then I was like, eh, you know what? That's missing a lot of deer season, so we'll do bow work. Yeah. Cuz most of your work happens in the early part of season, exactly. get leading up to it. Yep. What do you um I brain for it. What do you like working on the best as far as, as bows go? String changes. Do you like setting up a new bow for someone? What's your favorite part of it? Uh, honestly, and it's going to sound crazy, I love the Frankensteins. Just different builds? Yep. Like, I worked on a bow. It was a Martin, but it didn't even have Martin cams on it. <laughs> so I had, I had to figure out the length. I had to figure out the specs on it. I just love that stuff because it, it makes you think. Right. But if I had to pick a new bow, it would be prime. Yeah, you like working on them the best. Yeah, because everybody looks at them and like, that's got seven strings on it. That is the easiest bow to work on. That Even is, though it's got it? seven strings. 
What makes a prime superior, in your opinion, to other bows? Uh, the technology. Explain it a little bit for people that may not understand a prime bow. So primes, I guess in a way, has four cams. Mm-hmm. Two cams up top, side by side, and two cams on the bottom. It's called parallel cams. Uh, it's for it's to eliminate cam lean, nice, easy, even pull. Then they have their grip dead center of the riser. So, I mean, it sets perfectly. Uh, there's just, every year they've come out with something new. Right. Like, uh, let's say I've got a Prime 1. It's a 2016 model, but it still has all that technology. And every year they're coming out with something new. Uh, like, I haven't heard much about this year's, but like last year they come out with the Nexus, which was the grip. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a nano gel, mm-hmm. so it never gets under like 55 degrees. Okay. And if you've held a aluminum bow, mm-hmm. it gets cold. That's right. That grip doesn't. It's interesting. I'll find out in a couple of weeks. Yeah, you will. <laughs> Get that super cold weather. Well, Bryce, as you know, as you've moved through the the journey of being a kid, going through school, and now you're you're becoming a young man and you're finding yourself out and going into the world, what's the one thing that you've learned most about dealing with people? Or the one thing that you you've taken away from dealing with a variety of people? That's a tough one. <laughs> and I'm asking for a specific reason. I'll tell you in just a second. I deal with a lot of the public, and it's hard. It's very hard. Everybody's got a different personality. Everybody, everybody expects something different. And I think that's the biggest thing is personalities. Because let's use Nick as an example. He come in there, oh, I want this, this, and this. He already had it planned out. I wasn't going to let that slide. Right. Because I was going, well, you know, this might work better. And I changed his mind a little bit. But then I've had people come in there, oh, well, I want this, this, and this. And I try to talk, nope, I want this. It's it's weird, especially in the archery community. It. I really don't know how to explain I, it. I'll say this though to back up what you just said, and and I and I and I told your dad this after I left and bought that bow from you. You did tell me those things. I would come in there and say, "Hey, I want to shoot this. I want to shoot that. I want this." And you would tell me, but you wouldn't force it on me. And that's what I took most back to your dad. I said, "Man, he he, he really done a good job. He was a salesman on it, but he wasn't pushing me on it. He made my own. Let me make my own choice. So if I left there and I wasn't happy, it wasn't on your shoulders. It was on mine." And I think that's the biggest thing, what you just answered in dealing with people. It's not about pushing an an objective on someone or an idea on someone. You're giving them an opinion, and you're offering that opinion in a polite, respectful way, and that in turn allows them to think. They may come in there, and people, Bo, we all three sitting here know it. People are very brand loyal when it comes to bows. If you get with something, you stay with it. You're a diehard with it no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. I am not a brand loyal guy. I find what I want to shoot, 
And if I had to go back to the last bow I had from the same manufacturer I'm shooting right now, I'd tell you to kick rocks. I ain't bow hunting no more. But I found one that I liked better. So I transitioned into it. And I think every bow company has a good bow. I've shot them all. I love them all. And except Matthews, and I don't like any of theirs, but that's my own personal preference. But it's it's all about what you find that fits you well. And I think that's the thing. And Nick made mention of that when he was talking about you, how good you are at, at delivering that. Well, I tell everybody that comes in looking to buy a bow, shoot them all. Because I may like this one, but you're going to like that one. Shoot them all. I'll tell you what I like, but like a lot of people come in and they'll say, well, what do you shoot? It doesn't matter what I shoot. Mm -hmm. what do you like Mm -hmm. so i mean i've turned sales away because you know well well, i was going to shoot to go shoot the matthews go shoot the matthews it'll be here Mm -hmm. if you don't like it just come back and get this one uh but that's what i tell everybody shoot them all love it where do you see yourself with this bow because you don't have your own bow shop currently early other than your house so you don't you don't have any bows in shop yet correct Correct. Are you working towards that? Yes. Where do you see yourself in five years, or where do you want to be in five years? What kind of goal do you have? In five years, I want a brick-and-mortar store with at least two bow brands in it. Um, I don't know which one those might be. but Have you that, talked to any so far? Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of them. I've talked to about all of them. Yeah. What are they, are they willing to do anything, or do you need established? Um, some of them, like some of the bigger name brands, aren't picky at all. They don't care where you're at. They'll put bows in there. Like where I'm at now, I could sell a couple of different bow brands. Uh, but some of the ones that I would like turn out to be the pickiest. Right. Like, oh, you have to have a brick-and-mortar store, store. You have to have a minimum buy-in. Um, it, you have to have do this much business or we're pulling our bows out of your store. Uh, it's really, it's just different companies. It's It varies a lot. And I wouldn't take that as a downfall. I would take that as just a business. Yeah. You know, don't, don't, don't. Turn your back on them just because that's the way they establish their business, you know. Oh, no. Because you may need those guys one day if you start with those smaller guys. You can still carry those smaller guys or whoever may be interested. But I just – that's that would be a piece of advice, even though you didn't ask me. But Oh, yeah, I understand that because yeah. it's – you're even though I can't carry every bow brand, I know that, well, I could get this one. I could get that one, but I'm not going to turn my back on anybody because, you know, that's look bad on me. Yeah. Do you think, do you think at a bow shop, do you think it would be beneficial to do anything else in that bow shop or just strictly a bow shop? I really don't know. I mean, I don't either because I mean, you don't, you don't hardly ever see just a bow shop. Exactly. Like you, it's, a bow shop and a gun ranger, a bow shop and a deer processor, or a bow shop and a taxidermist. Uh, but have you ever thought about how you're going to get to that? It, it's it, it can't be a dream. It's got to be a goal for you. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the biggest thing, something I learned early on in my career. If I wanted to get somewhere, I can't dream on it. I have to make goals, and I have to set myself goals to get to that. So if you want in five years to have a brick-and-mortar store, you need to start now, and you're young enough, and you're at the opportunity point in your life to make those goals and set stairs. You know, start building up for it. Find out what you need to do. Find out – and do it the right way in the beginning, and you'll be successful with it. You've got the mindset for it, and you've got the knowledge basis, but business-wise, you need to start building yourself goals. Yeah, I mean, he may have to work out of Jimmy's, I don't know. You may have to You may have to get a store, and just a bow, uh, just a bow shop, you're not going to make any money at it. You can go back and listen to Travis Turner. I mean, he talked about having a shop. And, it, you know, he would have $80 in the cash register at the end of the week, not the day, at the end of the week. But if you're passionate about it, you can find other ways to build up to that. And I think that's the key thing. You build those relationships. You find people in the area that are confident in your ability, and you put it out in a correct way, the way that you do. That's the key thing, in my opinion. And we need someone your age to take over the old generation and get rid of those old heads that don't want to do it anymore. I mean, there's, there's, I can name three people that I've dealt with in my career as a bow hunter over the last 20 years that I would still go back to to this day that may have worked on my bow when I first started. But I can also name three people that will never touch my bow again. And those are the key things. You build those relationships with people. And they say treat every person the same. You can't do that. That's, that, that's not, that doesn't work. I mean, you can't treat Nick the way you would treat me, the way that you treat Johnny. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. And you develop those nuances and find the way to create an atmosphere. Don't just make it a bow shop. Make it a, a bow lifestyle. Make it a, a thought process, and you'll get there. You're kind of a you're kind of an introvert, though. You know, you don't talk a lot to people. You're kind of reserved with that, and that's good. But you'll find that guy that comes in there like me that wants to talk to you. You got to talk. You got to talk to him and just shoot the breeze and, and find those things, and you'll develop those relationships as you deal with more people. And I think that's the cool thing about your your goals to get there and make that a goal for you. Yeah, I think there's plenty of opportunity for you, especially in this area or even outside of this area a little bit. Don't be afraid to travel because I, I work I work uh, west of here, and I, I Google sometimes. I was when I first started working there, I'd Google a bow shop near me, just somewhere I could just go look and see what they had. There's not one in within the area. Um, the closest one would be in the hometown here or further west. And so we're lacking that, whether it's further north of here. We don't have nothing further north of here. Um, so just think about that, you know. Think about, like, think about somebody that may have a business that might need to help renting one side of the building out or something until you can get on your feet. You know, I think there's – I think there's going to be a way that you find in there, and it may it may not be in the next six months. It might be a year. It might be two years. But I think if you keep doing it and um, people bring stuff to you and you get your name out there, that's what it takes, getting your name out there. So is there anything that you won't work on? Uh, No. No? Crossbows? So at the moment, I can't. You don't have a press for it, I guess. I right? do not have a crossbow press. Gotcha. But that's coming in the near future. It, now, if you need to order, how hard is it since you're not a dealer? If you just say somebody brought you a Hoyt and you needed to order a cam for it, is it pretty easy for you to order that kind of stuff? No, I can't. Oh, you can't? I'm not a dealer. I can't order parts. Okay. 
So what would what would be your solution to do that? Could you buy it through eBay or something like that to help them out? You could, but you got to be careful buying through there because gotcha. you don't know what's happened to it. Gotcha. Could be a blowed up bow though. The warp cam you throw yeah. it on somebody's bow and it jumps string that destroys their bow. Well, I've had people. Oh yeah, I bought this off of eBay. It's cam for my bow. Can you put it on? And I put it on the axle, and it's terrible. Yeah, right. Just wobbles, and then I get to inspecting it. And the bearings are warped, or somebody dry fired it, right? And thought, well, that one's good. Let me sell it. Yeah, yeah it wasn't good. So now, as far as strings, you can buy strings anywhere and help people restring their bow, tie their peep in. Yeah, any of that stuff from home. Just you just can't buy the parts for it if they were to have a cracked limb or something. Yeah. Now, well, if they do have, sorry, Alex, if they do have a, if most companies, most of those bigger companies, if you originally bought that bow, you have a warranty with that bow. Yes. So if somebody had the original bow and say they've had it five years and the limb did crack on it, they can order that, correct? Some companies are picky about that. You'll have to go to a dealer, order it, and then bring it to me. Gotcha, gotcha. Or, but some of them are like, some of them don't care. They'll just send it to you. Let's look at the general idea of it, though, not the part side of it. Mm -hmm. If somebody needs a new string, needs their bow inspected, needs a draw link adjusted that's not cam specific where you need to get modules or whatever, or they just need help speaking with someone in the aspect of it, you're able to help in all those regards. Yes. Bow specific parts may have to go to a dealer. And if it's an older bow that needs a string on it, you're willing and able to give those pieces of advice and set it up that way. Yeah. I think that's the key thing for you to focus on that market now because that's a big thing. But what's the one piece of advice when getting ready for bow season that you would give to people? Start in June. Yeah, there you go. Don't wait till the last minute. Even in February, start there. Because you you never know what's going to happen. If you think your strings, I might be able to get a season out of them, don't do that. Get them checked out. Okay. Because – I literally had a guy come in, and he's like, yeah, I looked at them last week. It's been sitting in the case since last year. It's string blown in half. I was like, yeah. Make sure you check your equipment. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, as we're winding this thing up here, Bryce, what's the what's the one thing you'd like to pass on about yourself or, or, or about what you're trying to grow into that um, you'd like our listeners and everybody that hears this to hear? Hmm. Put you on the spot there again, didn't I? I know I'm on the turkey hunting side. The what now? The turkey hunting team. I'm on that side. What I'm kind? With, of? I'm with you now. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. You you can still work on my bow. That's all right. <laughs> I mean, that right there. That gets your blood going? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially with a bow. Well, I bet that is fun. You might be busy working on bows and not have time to do all that hunting. Easy now. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that now. Uh, work, what, where can everybody, I guess everybody can just contact you through social media or anything if they need their bow worked on? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Shout it out. What's, if, your, what's your handles? Uh, Instagram is, oh, I don't even know what. I, I can, if anybody wants this, if anybody wants his number, they can message us on, on our Facebook or Instagram and I'll give them, you ain't got to share it on here. More girls might be calling your girlfriend, might get mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Well, I, I, I'm going to extend an opportunity here for you. Um, 
to get involved with something that we're doing and Nick and I'll front the cost of anything that comes up with it. Um, we're doing a bow giveaway right now. Um, we've got a, uh, a bow that's been given to us and donated, um, by Chase Curtis. Um, it's a left-handed bow and it's a PSE stinger. It's fully set up. Um, and it probably will need the draw link adjusted, may need to peep tied in new peep put in it. Some setup goes, we still haven't found someone that we're, we're, we feel is is willfully ready to take on that bow. We've had some opportunities, and we've talked to a couple of people about it. It's hard to get rid of a left-handed bow. There's not many of us it out is. there. I'm a lefty, so I understand that. So it's it's hard for – but there's someone out there that we're going to find that, that deserves it, and we want you to be the one to set that bow up for them and adjust the draw length and help them to get – you know, make sure it's correct for whoever gets that bow. Oh, yeah, that's no problem. So, have you thought about this? Is my last question: Have you thought about doing any um, classes for any youth or anything coming up? Do you have to be certified or anything? So, that's that's, yes a, no. that's a whole different ball game. Yeah, you got to be USA Archery certified. Oh, do you? You've got to to get your class four. You've actually got to go, I think, out in California and get it certified. Just to teach lessons. Yep. Really. I mean, you can teach them. Is there like a certain level that you can before you have to get a license? I mean, you can teach them as long as you want. You don't have to have a license, but it's better if you're certified. Right. Because if you get, well, I'm certified, people think, okay, he's legit. Yeah. But, yeah, that's that's gotcha. a whole different ballgame. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was just going to ask if he got his Instagram stuff pulled up. What's going to be the name of the shop? Have you made a decision on that yet? Yep. Simple as name out there. Bow Shop. Bow Shop? Just yep. Bow Shop. Bow shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he'll change that you a half a dozen times. Yeah, you couldn't, put, now and you couldn't put waters or rice or anything in there? There's hidden words in that. that gotcha. See, I wasn't taught cursive. So my signature is just a BW with an arrow through it. Yeah. So... Between B and W, put an O in the middle, bow shop. Gotcha. It is Bryce underscore Waters 1124. That's my Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Well, Bryce, we want to thank you for coming by and sitting with us for a while. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> did you enjoy that? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, for everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, you want to get a hold of our boy, hit him up. Get in touch with us if you need your bow worked on, you need something, you need advice on what you need to do air wise the guy's smart he's got a lot of knowledge as far as tournament shooting you want to know what tournaments are going on in the area he uh finished what was it second place that you finished this year uh i finished third in the asa uh, classic which is the kind of top of all asas that's awesome well we're pulling for a number one next that's what I'm pulling for, but <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, for everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, thanks for tuning in tonight on this special Campfire Series episode. Come back and pull up a chair and set a while with us when you can. And remember, smile as you go, but don't forget, mouth the memories. <laughs>